Well, we're in the last month of 2022, and uh, we're going to uh, talk about something I haven't really taught about much before, and it's to uh, edify, I hope, and to open our understanding. And the, the topic tonight will be presumptuous sins and God's grace. In Psalms 19, verse 13, David in his psalm said, Keep me back, keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. So we're going to look at that and, and talk about presumptuous sins and what, what are they and how do they operate uh, with God's grace. Um, what is it to, to, to sin presumptuously? And, you know, when you look at this, the Old Testament, you'll find that so many people did that. And we're going to look at what presumption or presuming on God is. Uh, the first example I'm going to give you is in Leviticus. And in Leviticus, we find that Aaron's sons had been consecrated to the priesthood. They were, they were chosen by God to be priests. But they went further than their calling. They presumed that they could operate in a way that God had not said. So let's look at that. In Leviticus chapter 10 and verse 1, it says that, And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer, that means the thing that had the fire in it, and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. There was a, a, a very specialized process for anything to do with the temple or the sanctuary. You couldn't just haphazardly just bring anything or touch anything. There was a process that God had given Moses in order for something to be of use. It had to be first dedicated. It had to be go through this process. But it, it came about that these two sons of Aaron assumed, presumed that because they were priests, they had the right to do things a little bit differently. And it, it, it seems that with this sin of presumption, it's always, it's usually someone who has had a walk with God. It's not, some, it's not usually a sinner. It's someone who, who has a knowledge of God usually and, and, and makes a presumption on what they think God should do or would do. So we're going to look at that tonight because it's so easy to fall into that, that sin. I, 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 when I get up here to teach, it's one of the things I try and be very careful about, that I'm not presuming God's direction and his authority or saying something that God doesn't want me to say or interpreting something that's not really what God is trying to get across. And so it's, it's something that is easy to fall into if you are not careful. And in fact, it is at the root of it is pride. Because we assume that because we have some authority or some longevity in church or whatever, that it gives us the right to usurp God's sovereignty or his direction. And so one definition is assuming an action is true or permissible biblically uh, with a biblical warrant. All that means is with, uh, with a biblical authority. When something has a warrant, it means it's authorized. 
Nadab and Abihu assumed God would accept their incorrectly measured incense. Can you think of some more examples in scripture where people assumed or presumed on God's direction or his authority? Absolutely. Uzzah. He, he presumed that God needed help to keep the ark from falling off. And so that was a presumptuous sin. And of course, usually presumptuous sins don't end very well. You will find that lots of people actually fell into this trap. Even people who God used fell into this trap, right? Let's look at a few. 1 Samuel 4.3. Here is, as you said, Saul. Let us fetch... The, sorry, Israel. Israel, even before that, Israel... Were losing against the Philistines. And the reason why they were losing was because they had been disobedient and rebellious to God. So they thought, well, listen, if we bring the Ark of the Covenant into our midst and take it to war, then God's got to give us the victory. If God, if the Ark of the Covenant is in our midst, then of course we will win. So in 1 Samuel 4 3, they said, Let us fetch the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of Shiloh unto us. That when it cometh amongst us, it may save us out of the hands of our enemies. A lot of people do this. They think that doesn't matter what they've been living or how they've been living. If they suddenly come to church, God's got to save them. But it doesn't work like that. It's got to be truly with a repentant heart. And we see they brought the Ark of the Covenant right into the midst of the camp. Now, the Ark of the Covenant was always covered with a blue cover so that no one could actually see it. Verse 5, And when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted with a great shout. They were all happy because they felt, well, this is going to force God to give us the victory. There's no way God is going to let his Ark get captured by the Philistines. You cannot make God do stuff. I know there's scriptures that are taken out of context where it says, command ye me, but we'll get to that. You cannot force God's will into your life that way because that's presuming on God's sovereignty and how he wants to do it. So they brought the ark right into the middle of the army thinking this will mean that God has to make us win because he's not going to let his ark get captured. And of course, that wasn't the case. And the Philistines fought and Israel was smitten and they fled every man into his tent and there was a very great slaughter. The reason was, is they made an assumption on God's sovereignty. This was a presumptuous sin. And the ark of God was taken and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas were slain. You see, it's so easy to presume because of familiarity that we know how God wants things to be done. But if we don't have Bible to actually back it up, we have to be very careful because we are taking uh, God's sovereignty. Uh, in fact, in Numbers 15.30, it, it spells this out very clearly. It says that, but the soul that doeth aught presumptuously, whether he be born in the land or a stranger, the same reproacheth the Lord, and that soul shall be cut off from among the people. 
because he hath despised the word of the Lord, he hath broken his commandment, that soul shall utterly be cut off. His iniquity shall be upon him. So in the Old Testament, it was one of the, 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 the tenets of the law that you should not assume um, God's prerogative. You can't, you can't tell God what to do or start to act on his behalf unless you're absolutely sure you're acting on his behalf. You can't just declare things if you're not absolutely sure God told you that. And it really was in the vein of a, a willful sin. In fact, uh, one translation of Psalms 19 puts it this way. When David wrote it, it says, Keep your servant also from willful sins, presumptuous. We presume on God's direction. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. And when we look further, we can see that there were many other people who did a presumptuous sin. And I don't want to get ahead of my lesson, but can anyone think of some other people who, who sinned presumptuously? I can't hear you. That's right, yes. He presumed on God's plan. He said to Jesus, you don't have to go to Jerusalem. Right? That was presumptuous. And what did Jesus say to him? Get thee behind me. He said, because you, you, you're not understanding what God's plan is. That's why we have to be careful. Because sometimes what looks obvious to us, it's clear. This is what God should do. We can't presume that's what God should do unless we're absolutely 100% certain that the Holy Spirit has told us that, Sister Tanya. Absolutely. 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 When David numbered Israel, that was a presumptuous sin. He thought because he was king, because he was... See, it's so easy to get into that trap of thinking you know what God wants. Right? It's so easy to get, and it's people who have had a familiarity with God who usually fall into this sin. People who are ignorant can't really do that because they don't really know, they don't presume as to what God wants. But that's why we have to always be humble. We have to approach God humbly. And this sin of presumption always comes at its root is pride. It says, keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless and innocent of the great transgression. Let's look at this a little bit more. In Second Peter 3.3, 3, because really it's also related to the sin of blasphemy, which is a sin against knowledge, right? Because to, to presume means you think you know God's mind. You think you know what he's going about. In Second Peter 3.3, 3, it says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant. So presumption is, and, and blasphemy are, are two related sins because they come from, number one, pride, and also willingly being ignorant of ignoring what we have been told. 
ignoring what is clearly what God's word is and saying, I know better. Uzzah knew the commandment was nobody but a priest should touch the ark. Nobody who was not consecrated should touch the ark. But because the ark had been in his house for so many months, he began to treat it just as if it was his or that he he could protect it. That's the thing about familiarity. They say familiarity breeds what? Contempt. And we lose the respect. Because God doesn't punish sin right away, people lose a fear of him. And then they're surprised when things actually happen. But there is a progression once you start on that road of presuming uh, God's will without actually um, really knowing it. it. And it leads to a reprobate mind. Romans one twenty eight tells us that it says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge... God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. A reprobate mind refers to those whom God has rejected for their purposeful rejection of him. And that's what in the end happened to King Saul. Because he kept on presuming what God wanted, he eventually got to the place where he could not relate with God anymore. His mind became corrupt. And their continual embracing of their godless depravity. And as a result, the Lord turns them over to the inevitable destructive consequences of their own vile affections and sin. So presumptuous sins are very closely related to blasphemy because one leads to another. One starts off with assuming you know what God wants and presuming to take his prerogative. And we see that in many, many instances in the Bible, anymore, because there's some really good ones. Um, I guess so, in that I don't think he, he was really thinking. I, I guess it was presuming, yes, I'm the king, I can do whatever I want. It's whenever it's rooted in pride, those things can happen. Is when we think that because we're God's anointed or because we're gifted or because we're blessed, that makes us, you know, able to do stuff that God didn't, didn't call us to do. Any, any others? Yes. It's funny who, who committed these sins. Moses did. Right? When he struck the rock after God told him explicitly, do not strike the rock. Speak to the rock. What did he do? He struck it. Nevertheless, God still let the water flow. But because of that presumptuous sin, he never got to go to the promised land. Not during his life. So you see how, how devastating uh, a presumption can be when we, when we disobey what God really wants. He presumed because he was God's prophet and he was mad and frustrated. Never do anything when you're mad and frustrated. He could, he could do that. Uh, well, that, that was more pride, I would say. Um, he, he did not really worship the true God, so I don't know if you, would, if you could necessarily call that a presumptive sin, but I'm thinking of a really big one. Let me, let me tell you, let me give you another definition of a presumptive sin, and that, this may give you a clue. It's really trying to force God's hand. See, Israel did that. They brought the ark thinking that would force God's hand. It would make God have to defend them. 
Okay, now think of some more. I'll choose some people who haven't spoken yet. Sister Johnny. Yes, I think they, they, they mentioned that. I'm going to come to him. Sister Shanita. You mean Abraham. Abraham, yes. When, yeah, you could say that was presumptuous because God told him not to. Some more hands. I saw some more hands. Uh, Sister Alexis, you had, a, you had your hand up. Okay. Sister Mary. Right. That was presumptuous to take God's vessels who his grandfather had made sure. He, even his grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, never touched them. He had respect. But here comes, um, uh, I think his name was Belteshazzar. I don't know if that's his name. And he used the, the vessels. Presum- presumptive sins nearly always lead to really bad endings. Always lead to bad endings. Sister Alexis, you remembered now. Say that again. Samson with Delilah. I guess you could say that he was presuming on his gift. That it didn't matter what he did. You know, that he would still be super strong, yes. It's amazing when you look through the Bible how many people had this problem. Had this problem. Um, it's related, as I said, to, to blasphemy because it's a sin against knowledge. The people who do it usually know better if they had just taken a little bit of time and not been hasty. It's related to blasphemy. It says in Romans 1.29, following on from what I read in 1.28, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit. He's talking about what happens to a reprobate mind. Once you keep on starting from being presuming on God and keep on going back, so on. It goes on, verse 31, without understanding, covenant break was without natural affection, implacable. That means you can't make peace with them. Unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them. Again, what that's saying is they're presuming on God's mercy, right? Presuming that God is going to forgive them. Let's look at this. Actually, King Saul did two things. What you all said about the sacrifice was the second thing he did. The first time he sinned presumptuously, though, was when God had told him that he needed to destroy the Amalekites. And he saved the rich folk and the king. Let's read it. 1 Samuel fifteen seventeen, And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? Samuel came and found out that he had not done what God had said. He took it upon himself to change what God had commanded him to do. He was presumptuous. God had said you needed to destroy the Amalekites. And he did not do that. And the reason why God had said to destroy the Amalekites is because four or five hundred years later, the Amalekites almost destroyed Israel because of Saul's initial disobedience. It said in verse 18, And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore thou then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord. 
And Saul said unto Samuel, he, he's, he's denying that he disobeyed. He says, yes, I did obey. Yes, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But he saved the king and he saved some other people. So he's claiming that he obeyed, but what he did was only partially obeyed. He presumed that he had the right to change the command that was given by God. So that was his first sin of presumption. And then, of course, uh, many of you brought up the second sin of presumption where he presumed that he could offer the sacrifice. And it was these two things combined which God said, listen, this man is not obeying me. I can't use him. And so we see that the sin of presumption, it's not something we think about much, but it is a very dangerous sin that always almost leads to destruction, Sister Mary. Oh, yes. It would be easy for me to do that in assuming that what I'm teaching you is right if I stray from what the Bible says. So I try and be very careful that when I I'm teaching that I can line it up with the Bible because this is how doctrines, all kinds of bad teaching gets out there is that people who assume that they're speaking for God and interpreting the scripture. The Bible says you have to rightly divide the word of truth. You can wrongly divide. And so if you want a modern example, it would be people who get up and say stuff that the Bible says, but the Bible does not say, or they've twisted the scripture. That would be presumptuous that they are taking God's word and changing it. Someone else had a their hand up. Sister Tanya, was it you? Sister Joanne? That's the one I was looking for. The sin of presumption is mostly about trying to force God's hand. Force God's hand. Remember, God had promised him a baby, a son. And usually the sin of presumption when it comes, when we're trying to force God's hand, it's because we won't be patient. So we try and make what we think God wants to do happen now. We try and help God. Just like Uzzah, we try and stop the ark falling. Abraham and Sarah, well it was mostly Sarah, but Abraham is to blame too, said, we've been waiting 15 years, there's no son. I'm getting old, you're getting old. Maybe God's will is for you to... Go with my maid here. They were trying to force God's hand. That was presumptuous, as if God could not do a miracle. And so even Abraham and Sarah were presumptuous in this act. Presumptuous sin cuts many ways. You can presume on the goodness of God and turn his grace into licentiousness. That means you think, okay, God's grace will always forgive me, so I can do anything I want and come back and... Repent. But you're presuming that you'll ever get the chance to come back and repent. You could get killed out there before you even step, step into the church. So presumption is based on assuming God's grace and God's mercy. Assuming that the mercy he gave me yesterday is what he'll give today. You can't assume that because you're not God. Just because you did this and you repented and you keep doing it and you keep repenting, doesn't mean there won't come a time when God will say no. 
just as he did with Saul. And he told Samuel some of the, the, the saddest verses in the whole Bible. Don't pray about him to me, for I have rejected him. See, we can't assume God's mercy when we keep testing him, when we keep taking him to the edge. Jude 1.4 explains this. It says, For there were certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this con- condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace, the unmerited favor of our God into lasciviousness, meaning live any way you want. It's okay. God is love. He understands. That's very presumptuous. That's what David was praying about. Lord, please keep me from those kind of sins because it's so easy to assume because God is love that we can do anything we want. Denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, it's also related to trusting in our own selves and in our own knowledge that we know what God wants all the time. This is what Abraham and Sarah ran into. Because God had said they were going to give a son, they decided they would make it happen. Let me say, I've probably done that sin many times where uh, God, I believe God wants me to do something, so I don't wait on him, I just try and make it happen. I move before God is really ready to move. And in, that, in doing that, I make a mess. <laughs> Nobody else? Okay, it's only me. <laughs> right? What does the scripture say? Wait upon the Lord. But it's hard to wait sometimes. Abraham and Sarah had been waiting 15 years and their flesh got the better of them. Sarah said, listen, I'm getting up in age. I'm really past the time of women. If this is going to happen, maybe God wants it to happen this way. Maybe this is how it's supposed to happen. And so presumption is always trying to force God's hand and make him do something the way we think he should be doing it. Amen? In each case, the person did what seemed right to them at the time. That, that's what, what presumption is. It's using our own tree knowledge to do things instead of relying upon God. It's, a, it's assuming and making assumptions. It's trusting in the tree knowledge. Proverbs fourteen twelve says, There is a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death, unless we are sure of God's direction. And that's why he gives us the Holy Spirit. So that when he, the Spirit of truth, cometh, what does it say? If we will listen, if we will listen, God will say, wait. There's almost nothing wrong with waiting. There's almost nothing wrong with waiting. It's okay if you miss that deal, God will bring you another one. If you miss getting that house, God will bring you another one. But I've heard so many times, boy, I wish I hadn't done that. (laughs) Wish I hadn't done that. We, we presume that we will force God's hand and we, we think we see the way God is going to do it. And of course, most of the time, it was wrong. Here's the difference. Presumption starts with an assumption, whereas faith starts with a promise. Presumption seeks to manipulate the outcome. Faith waits patiently on the Lord. Hebrews 6.15 says, And so after he had patiently he endured... He obtained the promise. After God had mercy upon Abraham and Sarah and they waited another 10 years, then they obtained the promised son. So whether it's Hagar being given to Abraham to bring about the promised um, seed, Rebekah 
deceiving Isaac to fulfill Jacob's destiny. God would have done that anyway. She didn't have to try and cheat, right? Because God, you can see that that was presumptuous. She tried to make it happen. Moses murdered an Egyptian to protect the Hebrews. Do you know that delayed by 40 years God's plan? Because he had to now run away and stay in Midian 40 years before God's plan. And if you, if you look at all the timing and calculate all the numbers, which I don't have time to do at this Bible study, you will see that he, he delayed what God had planned 40 years because he tried to force God's hand. Faith knows that God's will will be done. God's way will never lack for God's supply. That means if we will wait patiently upon the Lord... Presumption always tries to force God's hand. That's what Israel did. They said, if we bring the ark into the army, there's no way God will make us lose. Doesn't matter how we've lived. Doesn't matter because the ark is God's presence. So we, we got to win. We'll make God make us win. No, that will not work. And of course, they got destroyed, Sister Mary. You can miss it all together. You can miss it all together by trying to force God's hand. Do you remember I taught a Bible study that says that God does everything at the appointed time? In fact, in the New Testament, it says many times, when the fullness of time has come. God, nobody can force God's hand. They wanted the Messiah to be born right away, but God had a perfect timing. We cannot see, we don't understand as God sees time and the future. So this is where faith comes in. The reason why David is in, mentioned in Hebrews and Saul is not is because you can see that not only was it pride, but it was a lack of faith. He didn't trust God enough to fully obey. It made no sense to kill all these animals. God said, you need to kill everything. Well, can't we keep the best? I mean, we could use them, but that's a lack of faith, right? That's a lack of faith. Someone Asked me about, um, is it a sin to play the lotto? Any, any answers? Is it presuming? Is it presumptuous? We're trying to force God's hand, aren't we? Isn't that what we're doing? He can't, he can't feed us unless we win the lotto. We can't be rich unless we win the lotto. Right? I mean, that's, Kind of what we're saying, right? We're, we're being presumptuous. We are moving ahead of what God's... The truth is, if we did get the lotto, maybe we wouldn't be in church. We wouldn't see any of you, would we? <laughs> well, everybody says, of course I'd be in church. But not until I take my world cruise. <laughs> not until I, till I go and buy all of these properties... And then I'll come back to church and I'll buy, buy the church. I'll buy a church. You know, we, all, we have all, these, all of these things in our head that we're going to do. But we can't do that. The Bible tells us that anything that is not, is, 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 is a, you know, making an oath, we should just let our yeas be yea. Right? That's all we can do. We, we can't make these promises. But when we do certain things, it can be a presumptuous sin if it's to try and force something to happen before God is ready. But God is so merciful and so gracious that even some of the 
the, the, the people in the Bible who we consider heroes of faith, you can see at times they committed presumptuous sins, starting from Abraham, Rebecca, uh, Jacob, right? He tried to, to, to juice his, um, his income by, 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 by making the cows produce differently. He thought he could do it. He could make it happen. He could make God's blessing happen. God just kind of ignored it, but he was trying to be presumptuous. He was trying to be presumptuous. You understand that blessing comes from God. My wife and I sometimes when we're praying before we come to church, we say, Lord, unless you build a house, they that we could come up with all kinds of plans for outreach and all kinds of stuff and have all the programs in the world, unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor, labor in vain, Sister Tanya. And he, no sorrow there too. That's right, that's right. And so this is why I wanted to teach on this today because it's something that usually it's Christians that fall into this trap. We believe the Lord, we, but we don't trust the Lord. And we see an opportunity to think, okay, this must be how he's going to make it happen. This is the one. This is the way. And we try and make it happen before God's will. And we fall into a presumptuous trap. And we can see sometimes it had... Very bad consequences. For Moses, certainly, he never got to lead Israel finally into the promised land just because the people made him mad and he acted in anger and presumptuously and did not honor God's command. And it's so easy for us to just act when someone provokes us and act in haste and anger and be presumptuous on what God really wants us to do or to be. All through the Bible, we can see that even people who were blessed of God or called of God, it was so easy for them to, 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 to act presumptuously and try and make things happen faster than God wanted. We see that in the New Testament with the example of Peter. Well, you don't have to go to Jerusalem, right? Or, or James and John, you just can call down fire right now. They were trying to usurp or force God's hand to bring judgment. Jesus had to say, you don't even know what spirit we are of because I didn't come to destroy men's life but to save men's life, right? But this is where the difference between uh, presumptuous sins and faith and grace comes in. Grace saves only if we're obedient. We can't presume God's grace. God will tell us how to be saved but we can't just ignore it and say, well, I want to be saved, but I want to be saved this way. Can I be saved this other way? Jesus said there's only one door. If someone tries to get in some other way, he is a thief and a robber. There is only one door. I am the way, right? I am the door. I am the shepherd. So grace saves, but only by obedience. We can't presume God's grace. We can't assume God's grace. We have to believe God's grace. And then we have to obey God's grace. Exodus 12, 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against the gods of Egypt will I execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now here is, the, here is God's grace. There's a way of escape. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. 
and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. I can bet there were some people that tried to figure out a way to get around that. Maybe I can just carry the blood on a stick above my head. That way I don't have to be stuck in that house all night. <laughs> I bet there were some people who tried some ways around the, the, the God's command. Maybe if I dub the blood and I can just walk around with the stick and the blood will be above my head, I'll be okay. Right? There's always someone who's trying to find a, a loophole in God's command. But grace saves through obedience. God will give us favor. God will give us repentance, but we still have to obey. We can't assume. We can't be presumptuous about his grace. See, grace is freedom not to sin, but from sin. In that scripture in, in Jude, it talked about the people who came in and, and, and had the, the message of grace turned upside down that it gave you the ability to do whatever you want and then come to church, come down to the altar, have pastor pray for you and everything be okay. But some people operate that. They presume on God's grace and his mercy Romans 6 1 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? That's presumptuous to continue in sin, knowing the truth that grace may abound, that God will just keep on, you know, ignoring us. The example is, of course, the woman who came who was caught in the act of adultery. And Jesus was so gracious and merciful. He was the one who could have picked up a stone. He said, He. Without sin, let him first cast the stone. And then he started writing in the ground. We don't know what he wrote. And I'm presumptuous to, to make up my own story. I don't know what they wrote, but I told you what I think it wrote. I think he started telling all the tales about all them men. And the Bible said they started to run away, starting from the oldest. Probably he had the most to be exposed. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said to her, woman... Where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And here's, here's, here's something amazing. Because under the law, she should have been stoned to death. And that's why they brought her, because they wanted to test Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn thee. Isn't this amazing? I don't know if you find it amazing. Under the Old Testament, people were stoned for picking up sticks. But he didn't leave it at that. He said, go and sin no more. Right? God gives us grace not to presume that he's going to always, you know, get us out of trouble. Why I'm smiling is because I'm thinking about me and some stuff that I actually to do with food. I keep saying, I'm not going to, I'm going to limit my calorie intake and Lord just keep that heart disease, that diabetes away. Hope my wife is not listening. Uh, away from me. I am presuming right, on God's mercy and grace, right? When I, when I know what to do and don't do it fully, I can't blame God if I, get, if I get stuff. I cannot, if I know what to do, to he that knoweth what to do and don't do it, what does the Bible say that is? It is sin. And if we presume, then we're, we're, we're expecting Assuming God will just, okay, write a blank check. First Peter 5.10 says, But the God of all grace who hath called us 
unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that he have suffered a while, will make you perfect. That means if you will be obedient in grace, even though you think that there's a quicker way out, and you don't try and force God's hand, after a while, after you have suffered a while, will make you perfect. Establish and strengthen and settle you. That's what the scripture is saying, that we have to wait. We can't force God's hand. What we do is we pray, we seek his will, and then we wait. Sister Joanne. Yes. But the reason, one of the reasons why he was forgiven, she said, wasn't what Saul did presumptuous in going around killing the Christians. He thought he was doing God's will. He was presumptuous. But he was doing it um, ignorantly. So he obtained mercy. The worst kind of presumption is when we know better. When we've been told, don't do that. And we still do that. Uzzah should have known that only the consecrated priests were allowed to to touch the, the ark. He knew that. It wasn't like he had to be told that. So that was a sin against knowledge. And that's the worst kind of sin. And that's when it gets into the areas of blasphemy. Because, you know, it's like when, when, when God knows you know, you know you know, what is he to do if you decide to still do what you got to do? Or do what you're going to do? You see, grace is the freedom from sin, not the freedom to sin. Amen. If you could stand with me, I'm finishing early tonight. See, that, that means when you come to Tuesday night, you know you're always going to get home early. David was so blessed because he was presumptuous several times. But he learned the secret, and that's why he wrote in Psalm 19, Lord, keep me from his presumptuous sins. It's so easy to presume you know what is best. But that's not how it works. If you want to be truly blessed, we have to submit, give it all to God, and listen for his direction and voice. Because it's so easy to think, well, I've been a Christian 20 years, and I know what the the will of God is, and we start to interpret his will, or we, we move before God is ready, as Abraham and Sarah did. And as, as you saw, so many characters in, in, in the Bible tried to make things be fulfilled that God would have done anyway in his own timing. Romans says here, 6 says, Even as David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. When we come to God, it's not because we've done something uh, special. It's God's sovereign grace. Let me say it again. Presumptuous sins are based on assumption. Faith is based upon a promise that he has given us a promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You're going to be blessed. You don't have to look for it. You don't have to buy the lotto. You can't force my blessing. Amen. You can't force my blessing. You can't do it. But if you will just wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord, what does it say? Hebrews says that God is not a man. He, he, by two immutable things, he cannot lie. And all I can tell you is, I have proved that in my life. I am living proof that God will, will do what he says. God will do what he says. Even in little things, even in little things, I was, I'm smiling now because as I was pulling up, I saw Brother Tim jump out of his car. 
Not, you may not get all of what that's about, but I was thinking tonight, Sister Brownie's not here, uh, Sister Hannah's not here, we're going to have to figure out how we're going to do that at the back. And here comes Brother Tim. See, God, God, that to me is a blessing. I don't know about you, but I want to think of myself, as I said on Sunday, as the disciple whom Jesus loved. <laughs> now, uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be boastful, but that's how you ought to think of yourself. You should think of yourself as God's favorite. That's how you should think of yourself. And when you think of that, then he's got this. You don't have to do anything. You can't hurt me because my father is right behind me. Amen. God's grace and his love, if we will just rest in him, if we will just rest and enter into his rest, as Hebrews said, when we enter into his rest, the Bible says we have ceased from our own works, which is what we keep trying to do to make things happen. But when we have ceased and stopped being presumptuous, then God will work upon our behalf. Amen. Let's bow our hearts tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this word. Help it to find good soil. Lord, as David said, keep us from presumptuous sins. Let your work be manifest in our lives, Lord, as we give it all to you and enter into your rest and cease from our own works. Lord, we just thank you for blessing us, for being the disciple whom you love, Lord God. Help us to lay upon your breast, to give you all of our burdens and our troubles, Lord God, to lay them at your feet, to lift up your name in praise, and most of all, to trust you, to stand upon your promises. We thank you tonight for blessing. We thank you tonight for favor. We thank you tonight for your goodness. We thank you tonight for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. Hallelujah. And we lift up your name and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Let's give God that right now, some praise.